Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. Now, hot off of the back of our interview with Del Dye, and thanks everyone so much for your reviews messages amazing was incredible we really hope uh, that you've that you enjoyed it if you haven't listened yet please go away and listen to that episode because we absolutely loved it it's incredible talking war films with one of the greats Um, but this week we have a relatively new film came out in april and it's just been released in the uk here in the last couple of weeks Um, and it is guy ritchie's the covenant and you have to say guy ritchie's the covenant because there's a 2006 film called The Covenant, and God forbid you get it confused with it. I haven't seen it. I haven't another heard film. Of it. Didn't know what it was. No, <laughs> neither had I. But I think it... it's got got the guy from the uh, The Expanse in it. Oh, okay, right. Which I do well, read one... The Expanse, but yeah, this one definitely doesn't. So the the this one stars Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, but Matt's on cast, so we won't um, we won't uh, go too far ahead. And I'm on production this week, so maybe we should do production first, then go on to the cast. So it's produced by STX Films uh, and Tough Guy Films, which is Guy Ritchie's own production company. Um, STX recently uh, released Devotion and Operation Fortune, which was another Guy Ritchie movie that was previous to this one. Uh, Distributed by MGN, who were recently acquired by Amazon. And internationally, the film was uh, released by Amazon on their Prime Mm -hmm. streaming service. Uh, But it was released theatrically in the US and it released on April the 21st. Um, and then in early June here in the UK and other markets. Um, it's just directed by Guy Ritchie, who's obviously, you know, big British uh, director, known for his 1998 smash hit, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He's known, you know, 2000 Snatch. More recently, he uh, directed the Man From Uncle reboot in 2015. I know Matt enjoyed that yep. one. Not yeah. bad. Not bad, yeah. Um, and uh, The Gentleman in 2019, which was a bit of a return mm-hmm. to form for him. More of, Getting more a series kind of as well, stock. I believe. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and then his next feature will be a two th- uh, a two thousand. I've written that weirdly. His next feature will be a Second World War film uh, called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which is based on Damien Lewis's book of the same name. It remains to be seen what that kind of the tone of that's going to be, because yeah. the imagery that's come out so far is interesting. Looks very snatch, very lock stock, very gentleman type stuff, I think, from what I've seen. But it's yet we're yet to style to be seen. Yeah, because this mm. film doesn't do any of the Guy Ritchie tropes that we sort of know it. It kind of does them but doesn't go in as hard no, as other true. projects. There is, some, there is some violin music in there, which is a, a bit yeah, of a, there's a, bit. a recent Richie mm. motif. Yeah, there's naming of characters coming up on the screen as well, but we'll get into that later because it's a, a yeah. trope that I really don't like. Um, anyway, so that, um, and recently um, more of Richie's projects have been bought for streaming by Amazon. So uh, the Operation Fortune film that starred, was it Wrath of Man? It might have been Wrath of Man that didn't get a, a UK release here, but it was released on streaming. Remember that being quite a big right. thing. Um, it was written by Richie himself uh, and Ivan Atkinson and Marn Davies, who are frequent collaborators with Richie. Uh, they helped write Wrath of Man, The Gentleman, Operation Fortune, like basically most of Richie's you know, really recent projects. Uh, the cinematography was by Ed Wilde. Uh, he's a British DOP and cinematographer. His credits include London Has Fallen, Severance, Black Mirror, Halo TV series. Okay. I, I think it's competent camera work. I don't think it's pulling up There's any some, trees. There are some nice shots in there. Talk about that later on, but there are there are a few that, that are quite good. But yeah, There are a few, but I think by, for me, by and large, it's just it's pretty okay, you know. Um, and then uh, the music's by Christopher Barnstead as another frequent uh, Richie collaborator, composer soundtracks to The Gentleman. Operation Fortune, because I'm like I'm repeating myself a lot, but it, but this is the way it is, folks. <laughs> and he will compose the soundtrack. Sorry, that, to... that was a heat yawn, not a, what you That's were saying. No, it's fine. It's very warm. Um, <laughs> and he will compose the soundtrack of the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Uh, again, I think oh. it's fine. The score's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. Yep. Um, called, uh, as I yeah, mentioned, top of the show, called Guy Ritchie's Covenant in Many Markets, not to be mistaken for the 2006 film, but the working title was The Interpreter. I think that's a better name, personally. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's far more like down the down the line, tells you exactly what you need to know about the movie. Mm. Um, uh, the budget was $55 million, shockingly low for something like this. I, I was shocked when I found that out. I thought for the names involved and the cast, I think I thought we'd be at least double. Um, not very big, not very big movie at all, but uh, box off uh, budget wise. But the box office at the moment is just shy of nineteen million, so it's probably considered a bit of a flop. But I don't know. You match that up with whatever it, the deal was with streaming services, See, this and is where perhaps perhaps it's yeah, not a flop. That's exactly what I was just going to come in and say because we don't know how much Amazon paid for the rights or how much certain market. You know, it's. They could have broke even already before even the film. If you think about it, they already own the production company. Yeah, um, they've got they've got Richie sort of signed to a deal of some sort. Obviously, it seems like it. Um, so they've obviously got the project. They've got the director, and it's it has the the prefix of his name, which is going to draw people in anyway. So yes. I mean that it might not be a bad deal on their on their part. No, it might it might have broke even, might even make a little bit mm. of a profit already, for all we know. Um shot on location in Spain, uh, with Alicante serving as key locations at filling in for, for Afghanistan and Afghanistan mm. cities. 
Um, you're never really sure where you are in Afghanistan in this movie, and that's another issue. Well, it says at the beginning, Las Kagar. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, then after that, so, not really sure. <laughs> Could be anywhere. Yeah. You, you, think, you do move around a bit. Yeah, you think you'd go Kabul. You think you'd just stick with a big... Well, they go to Bagram, don't they? They, they go to Bagram Air Base. Base. Yeah, yeah. We're told we're in Lashkagar. Um, he travels 120 kilometres. We don't... I don't really remember if they said where he was where? when they find him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Um, yeah. It's all I don't think it vague. matters, does it? Does it matter if, movie, if we know where he is? Like, it's, nothing it's just, important is going on anyway. Just, oh, I just want to highlight how vague this movie can be at times. Oh my god, the vagueness. Um, according to the film's military advisor, former US Army officer Dan Schmidt, the cast received three to four days of training with a former Green Beret. Um, and the reviews were mixed. Um, and this is uh, it's not a retro review, but I guess it's retro a couple of weeks ago, depending on how you know how you define retro. Um, it's from rogerebert.com by Robert Daniels, and he sums it up by saying Guy Ritchie's The Covenant could have been more than a muscular overwar war film. It could have been a revealing and controlled, thought-provoking examination of what went wrong in Afghanistan. Unfortunately, the latter is a promise that Richie cannot keep. Roll so the outro, we're done. I know, right? There's some <laughs> elements. There's some elements of the film where you can see they're trying to reach something. Yes. But I don't think it actually gets there because there's... I'll talk about it perhaps later on as well, but there's a scene where... Um, one of the team shoots an Afghan wounded prisoner. Mm -hmm. And that is in the last 18 months been a big deal talking about um, special operations forces and yeah. the allegations of them murdering prisoners and, mm -hmm. and mistreating civilians, etc. Um, so that is, that's a big deal. And that's a big talking point, but it's, it's so quick. There's no repercussions because everyone on that mission dies. Spoilers. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. There's certain points where it's reaching to, to, talk about something but i don't think yeah. it hits the mark there's there's dialogue that uh that gyllenhaal says near the end and i'm like oh if you'd have stuck with that theme more throughout the whole movie mm. you know um I've, I've got a thing in my notes for later but i wanted it to be more argo than rambo <laughs> mm. if you know yeah. what i mean like there, there's getting someone out of a out of a war zone and then there's the bureaucracy behind it i, I wanted more of that um because it, it hints on it Anyway, oh, well, we'll get yeah. to that later. We'll talk about we'll that later because I have points there as well. Mm. But the one where reviews are back with a plum this week, and we've got a few, and as I say, they are quite mixed, um, as the as the actual reviews were. Darren Current went with guilt, um, and then you and I think Matt was on the uh, the, the face the final film uh, Twitter page, you having a, a lovely chat about aircraft and things like oh, that, yeah. which is quite funny. Um, then Adam Christian said owned. Uh, David Berber went with formulaic um, and he put mm -hmm. Kinley, i.e. studio executive, why do you want this job? <laughs> Ahmed, i.e. Richie, I need the money. Thought that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> it's not one word, but yes. No, but it was good. Jem <laughs> uh, Dudaku said solid. A few minutes of his, a few minutes of history podcast said all right. Mary Brazier said nothing repeatable in polite company. Was that a four-letter <laughs> word, Mary, perhaps? Um, Sari Thomas put night nurse and he said that he fell asleep halfway through which was hilarious <laughs> I put muddled uh, Ken Campbell went with unneeded um, and David Harrison goes with entertaining uh, mm. Harry Black Maskers put yawn fest James Rowley went with awesome so there was a yeah. little bit of there was yeah. some good there's some good there's some bad yeah that's true that's fair um, 
I, I did fall asleep during it, but I was watching it about three in the morning. Oh, right. Well, there you um, go then. <laughs> and I, I picked up the following day. Um, but yeah. I watched it the day, literally the day it came out on Prime. Because I remember. I was, I was at my mum's and I was just, because they've got a Prime stick. And I was like, oh, wonder what's on Prime. And it was on the mm-hmm. front page. And I was like, blimey, it's finally come out. Because I searched, I went, Matt knows. It's a bit of behind the scenes for, for your listeners, but for months I was trying to find out a definitive UK date for this for genuinely months, mm. like since April dropped, like it came out in the US in April. No one had a bead on it. It was bizarre. Um, and then it, they just dropped it without any fanfare. It was so weird. And I, I don't know why. I must have a habit of doing that though. Mm. Like that, that Chris Pratt film, the sci-fi one. Yeah, it just kind of just came out, didn't it? He had a trailer and it just dropped. And it was like, oh, okay. That's a film we need to cover. Jesus. Oh, we did. Yesterday's War, whatever it's called. Yeah. Or Tomorrow's or whatever. Tomorrow's War. Tomorrow's World. Whatever. So that pretty much rounds out the production. It's a pretty quick one this week. So, Matt, do you want to go through the cast for us? Yeah, we've got uh, uh, Stephen Strait as Caleb Denvers, the main protagonist, one of the four sons of Ipswich. He attends the Spencer Academy. (laughs) Oh wait, that's Covenant 2006, Rob. <laughs> Very good. See what you did there. Because <laughs> uh, we would, I, you know, I, it's so easy to do, isn't it? Just get oh, yeah. these two films mixed have up. Guy Ritchie at the start. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so as we've already mentioned, it's a it's a Jake Gyllenhaal led picture, which I I don't really associate Jake Gyllenhaal as being a leading man of this type of film. Um, he's I don't he's know done you. more of it lately, I think. He's done more action. Yeah, perhaps lately. he's perhaps he's feeling like you know what I'm going to do my action films while yeah. I can. He's gone um, from indie to big studios. Now he's he's in it. Yeah, I mean, he do, he does rugged yeah. well. I'll give him that. Yeah, no, he looks good. He looks the part in the film. Um, but I think for me, I've never really associated him with roles like this, so it's interesting. Okay. So he plays uh, Master Sergeant John Kinley, who's um, a SOCOM team leader. Uh, of a team that is hunting down IED manufacturers. The, the, the vague force. They're the vague commandos. They really they? are vague. <laughs> um, he's wearing like a JTAC, which is like a, like a forward air controller type role. Yeah. Uh, he's plastered with those. He's got like patches all he's over. He's got like staff on. He's got a weird Afghan commando badge mm. at one point that I was trying to work out why he'd be wearing that, but he's not with the other Afghan commandos in his unit. Yeah, no, no one else is. But yeah. yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, so, I mean, we, we normally just run down um, people's military war movie type uh, t- type of roles. And I think Gyllenhaal's most recognisable would be Jarhead from 2005. Of course, you know, breakthrough role for him. Yeah, Pretty good movie. Um, and then the second uh, sort of lead in this is uh, Dar Salim, who plays Ahmed, the, um, the interpreter. Um, he's an Iraqi-born Danish actor, actually a, a Danish army veteran, did his national wow. service in the Danish army. Uh, he's been in lots of uh, Danish and European TV and some films. He was in the Boys series, which I think is also Amazon. Yep, that's it, yeah. I think. Um, he yeah, was he in is. Black Crab yeah. in 22, which is like an, a thriller actiony movie. Um, and then he was also in uh, A War, which is the 2015 Danish war movie yeah. about Afghanistan. You like that one, don't you? Yeah. I did. I watched it a few years, well, a year ago, maybe a bit more. Um, I, I did enjoy it. It's It kind of does that classic rules of engagement, sort of partially courtroom, 
partially mm. flashback. He saves his men, but at the expense of killing some Afghan civilians. And there's the whole moral discussion of that yeah. and the trial and that sort of thing. It's a really interesting film. Um, we have Emily Beecham as, as um, uh, Caroline Kinley, uh, uh, John Kinley's wife. And yeah. she was she in 20 years like later. 15 lines or something, yeah, which is nothing to I, do. It's, it's I mean, so, yeah. Well, that's the majority of the cast, to be fair. Um, really? Yeah, that's actually fair. Everyone. To be fair, that is fair. Yeah. Um, she was in 28 Weeks Later in 2007, Outside the Wire, which is like a sci-fi military movie, um, which I think is on Netflix uh, in 21, lots of TV roles. Then an unusual role for Johnny Lee Miller uh, as as Major and then later Colonel Vokes. Um, he was John Major in The Crown recently. He's kind of like a, yeah. a career resurgence, I would say. He was in a, uh, a film called Regeneration uh, in 1997, which is the only kind of military pseudo yeah. uh, he was in military. Sherlock the American one he Lucky. was he was he was With Sherlock Lucy Liu that one was yeah. that that one that one was that he was like, that made him big over there didn't it like, yeah it did yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think I only saw a couple of those and it didn't do it for me no um, it, it, this Johnny Lee Miller turning up it felt like a richy thing to have like a British character actor mm. in there you know perhaps so I He's fine in the role. Oh yeah, he is big. I mean, yeah, his accent's like, okay, and he yeah. he 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 plays the role pretty well. And mm. yeah, yeah, I mean, he just the have last a lot film to I do. saw him in was Love, Honor, and Obey. Like whenever that right. came out, the uh, the Ray Winston, no like gangstery type film. Right, right. <laughs> literally okay. one of those right. movies that was made because of how successful Snatch was and yeah. how successful Lockstock Got was. You. So maybe Got there's you. a little connection there. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Alexander Ludwig uh, play plays Sergeant Declan O'Brady, who's kind of like Volks's um, staff sergeant. Um, he was in Lone Survivor as um, the new SEAL that arrives right. uh, and has to do the rhyme and all that kind of thing. Um, the, I say rhyme; it's like a little uh, poem. They we should do Lone Survivor soon. We should yeah. do. We should do. It's, it's another interesting really outcome. Interesting how fucking badly that was bungled. <laughs> that was a yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also in Midway in 2019, um, okay. uh, Vikings, uh, which is, I suppose, a pretty big show. I haven't actually watched it myself, but I know a lot of people like that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and perhaps his best war movie so far has been Operation, I say war movie, it's more of a military movie, Operation Christmas Drop, um, which is a film about delivering Christmas presents. It's a, it's a rom-com, Rob. Um, oh, it's something like deliver. It's like a Hallmark movie where he, oh, there's a Department of Defense serious. analyst comes to audit his work where he like delivers parcels to oh my god um, this is island chains you're you're hearing it here first folks we're gonna do that at christmas time please no, no it's dire it's dire rob it's awful it's like someone wanted to go to like a um Sandals resort christmas, for christmas. Drop. is it like dumbo drop the sequel <laughs> yeah but without the, the elephant it was terrible um then we've got anthony Starr, who plays eddie parker who's sort of a cia, CIA spooked sort of uh, military BMC contractor type, type of dude, guy, yeah. exactly. Um, he was also in The Boys, another Boys yeah. connection. So this is the Amazon um, connection coming in. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought he was in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Saga as Jizzy. Uh, lots of UK TV roles, including um, Our Girl, which is yeah. also set in Afghanistan. Um, and recently, he was in Richie's the Gentleman with a small role, I believe. Then we've got Jason Wong as JJ. He was in The Gentleman as well. Star Wars Solo. He had a small background role in that, I believe. Uh, and in 2014, he was in Jarhead 2. So okay. there's a Jarhead link too. 
Yeah. Which is interesting. We could do Jarhead um, Month. There's enough of them. The, yeah, there's like three now, isn't there? Yeah. Um, there's the most recent one is a uh, 13 hours at Benghazi ripoff. No way. Yeah, oh, like is that the embassy, embassy one? It's like is that where they're in an embassy? Yeah. yeah. You've been on Netflix recently as well, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Netflix seems to like profiling what I, yeah, what I, I know, should right? be watching. It's like, this guy likes war movies. We've got lots of those. Maybe they're not all good, but we've definitely got them. Uh, and then I'll, I'll just round out some of the other cast that are in here. We've got Bobby Schofield as Steve uh, Kersher. We've got Man. James Nelson Joyce as Jack Jack. We've got Reza Diaco as uh, Hadi. Uh, then we have Reese Yates as Tomcat. And we have Christian Ocha Lavernier uh, as Eduardo Chow Chow Lopez. Yeah, and, they've all got nicknames. And they're yeah, all... they're. I mean, yeah. I think what happened there was Rob that they thought if they gave them all nicknames, we'll feel like we give a that shit about I them when they get killed about in that yeah. first five minutes. That's so early on this week, but literally that is the trope where Matt is hundred percent correct. Where just because they've got nicknames and you've shown me their name on screen, you think I should <laughs> give one toss about them? It's just like it's so absurd to me when these guys start dropping. And, the, and it might hang on them just a little bit once they've been shot. I'm like, I don't care who Jack Jack was or Tom we don't know Dick who they and are. Harry were. No, they exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't have any characterization. They have a no. beer together. That's all they that's all you get. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's some complaining and then there's a beer and and then they're dead. And they're all dead. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. And on that note, let's move on to the alley tally. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. I'll kick off this week because notably the film used no real firearms on set. And apparently that was a choice that was made after the, the fatal shooting on uh, the set of Rust in 2021 and the fallout from that Alec Baldwin, all that type mm, of thing. Tragic. So Richie told, uh, told reporters while filming, he said, the whole thing has changed now. The whole game has changed. We haven't used a real weapon since then, so there were no real weapons on set. It's the first shoot we've had, which I tell you, it's tremendous relief for all of us. They're as good as, and they look as real, and they look like the real weapons. They do all the function. You get gas discharge. It seems as authentic, and it can be, but Jake Gyllenhaal said, it's airsoft, though. No one can get in trouble. Well, there you go. Um... Resident firearms expert Guy Ritchie there. Yeah, I mean, no. To be honest, to be honest, I mean, only kidding, no. But there you go. You know, there's there's a there's a spectrum, isn't there, of of firearms props when it comes mm. to these films. So, and there always has been since you know the, the dawn of these movies. Of course. So, recently, I had the pleasure of watching Operation Overlord, which is a um, big budget D Day movie. Um, if you've not checked out Matt's Matt's um, <laughs> thread on that on the Twitter, it was legendary. <laughs> Anyway, they're they're just rubber guns. Yeah, so that's a prime props. example of of just rubber prop guns. Then you've got the other end of that spectrum is blank firing live rifles. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what got the tragedy tragedy of Rus was that yeah, somehow thing, yeah. somehow a live round got it got into the armorer's ammunition store and entered a firearm that was used as a, as a working prop. Um, and then. You've got you've got airsoft in the middle, which it, yeah. it probably isn't airsoft. It's probably like the gas blowback rifles. Yeah, that the, are... the very expensive ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's not like some, the, the some electric people, battery powered ones. And... No, I think there might be a bit of that sometimes. Yeah, because someone t- someone on Twitter told me that they saw the manufacturer's name of like a someone who's got the license for HK who makes AGs. Yeah, Umarex. Umarex, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. But then, as you said, you've got the gas blowback ones where I've got, I've got a gas blowback M1911, a pistol. And to be fair, if you film someone firing that and put a bit of after effects on, it does a job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's nothing I mean, wrong if, with it. If, yeah. if, you pay, if you pay a good um, special effects artist to, to put on some CGI mm. over, you know, muzzle flash, et cetera, um, they're loud on yeah. set. So the actors, you know, expressions will be, probably be somewhat realistic mm. they they cycle in a lot of cases that's good there is very notably you can see in that set piece that first set piece where one of the afghan army um chaps that are with the team um has a gas blowback um ak-74 and he's firing it and you can see the bolt moving but they cut away from it so quickly because the bolt doesn't look real and there's no bolts yeah. coming out. There's some bits yeah. where spent cases as well. Not, yeah, not there's some like bits that. where like CG spent cases are flying away. And if you're mm-hmm. obviously if you're not looking for it, you don't notice. But then yeah. after I saw that quote, I went back and watched some of the sequences, and you can see they kind of all yeah. move the same way. And yeah, if but you... it's not it really doesn't take anything away from the movie having no. these. I would, I would, this is not something I would criticize heavily because no, it doesn't. Not at all. I just thought it was interesting. That there I will, no I will criticize that set piece. Oh yeah, for the way it was choreographed yeah. in a moment. But <laughs> in terms of in terms of like the weapons, it doesn't really matter. It's I mean, fine. I did. If you look at the um, the M2 Browning on the Humvee when right. he's firing it, he's giving it a lot of the show. Oh yeah, he's giving yeah. it a lot of the movie shake. That's a trope and, in itself. Yeah, and inside you can see this little reciprocating what appears to be like an internal charging handle probably mm. is. And you can see it move backwards and forwards. They've like rigged a, up a... Rigged yeah, on a, on a actual browning that, you know, it would be fully moving. And it, yeah. It, when, a, when, a browning, when a browning, when a 50 caliber browning is firing, Rob, it, it looks like it's firing. Oh, it judders about a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just um, a bit. But in terms of actual, like, you know, weaponry that is in the film, there's AK-47's galore, AK-74's galore, yep. you know. Any make and model you think of, um, Romanian, German, I think. Yeah, Some mock-ups and stuff like that. I think, yeah. Yeah, um, the N- NTP galore. All the Allied lots, forces lots are wearing of, NTP. Lots of that. Um, Hammer. Yeah. Is it is it MTP? I don't know. It's like the American the... version of NTP. Yeah, I think it's not. Yeah. Is, is it is it um, Universal Desert Camo? Something, Something like that. It looks like MTP to me. I don't. know. I am not a, a yeah. camo Camo Camo's expert. post like nineteen seventy. I don't know. I have to look yes, out for this fair. half the time. Um, it's um, modern. It's not on my bag, really. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I liked. Um, I did like Jake's little M4 carbine thing that he's running right at the end when he goes the back end, to yeah. Afghanistan. That's quite cool. A little stubby foregrip, ACOG sight. Mm-hmm. But I noticed. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this in, in movie land. When Jake Gyllenhaal has a carbine in any mm-hmm. film with a crane stock that you can extend, he never extends it. So he goes for like mm. ultra, like proper, like, like I'm doing it on a, it, we, this is recorded. I'm showing Matt how yeah, Rob's, Rob's doing um, an impression, but it looks, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> really tucked in little. I, I guess style. maybe someone, someone told him to do that once yeah. in a boot camp. He just does whether it, it was the, the movies, Whether no? it was the intensive three day boot camp they went through for, yeah. um, for this film. Possibly. Um, yeah. Super but he did intensive. He did it in an ambulance and there was another movie where he had a carbine 
and he did it in that. But all the way through the movie, he, he does it. Just interesting little thing I, mm. that I noticed. Yeah. Uh, but his yeah, drills are good, I... though. His drills are good. He, he's very believable in the role, got to admit. Yeah, they're not bad. Not bad at all, right? I mean... It's a shame that he's doing it in this film. <laughs> yeah. like, come on. I mean, one thing that starts me is that the, the team is all armed with what is supposed to be HK 416A5s. Yeah. And they're all mounted with ACOGs um, as well. Um, and then his secondary is an M9A3 Beretta. Okay. Oh, yeah, nice. Neither of which in those configurations were ever adopted by the US. Oh, I didn't know that. No, so the, when it comes to HK416s, it's, it's a complicated one because obviously... SEALs use them, other elements of yeah. US SOCOM use them. But I, I don't think in that role, uh, that I don't think they're like tier one. I think they're probably just right. standard SOF. Um, okay. So I, I don't think they would have had that type of eight, of 416. And the, the M9A3, I don't believe, was ever used by any um, elements okay. of SOCOM. Um, they use clocks, just... as far as I know. So obviously, if the unionated like that, just that's just an M4 carbide variant. And, but you know? you know what? It's cool. It's cool to see an M9A3. I mean, because mm. it's it's just the standard Beretta that you know the U.S. Army had. Yes. Like if, if you've seen Lethal Weapon, it's the gun that Riggs has. <laughs> nice. Um, nice to get it back on films. There. Nice one. Yeah. Um, and it, it has like a little Picatinny rail added to it, and that's the main one of the it's main cool. features of the, the A3. Cool. And it, it, it's cool, and he hands it over to Ahmed, um, mm. um, and gets used a few times and it's it's cool mm. but um one thing i did notice was we get a few through the optic camera shots we do not having any of them for a while on the show yeah nice little try yeah. there yeah that's quite we, good we get one from the, the sniper um mm. and we get one we get a few through the lens of um john hall's acogs that's nice. the, the beginning and the end of the film as well we, we, we also get um gun cam from the gunship at the end Oh, that's that's yeah. one of the best parts of the film. You know, you know, like when do you remember that whole era where some kid at school would come in with his Sony Ericsson phone and he'd show you like a gun cam footage and someone had sent him? Oh, do you remember yeah. that era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like on on like on like um, live leak. Yeah, like getting an email copied from your mate that's copied to like fifty people. Be like, look at this gun cam footage from Iraq or Afghanistan, and I was always like, that's cool, but. They're like real people getting killed. Yeah. Like Call yeah. Of Duty, well, do you, you know, know what? Like, do you know what that scene reminded me of? The, the I remember there was a game on like Apple, uh, and I had it on my iPad years ago, where it was like zombies, and you you're in like a spooky, and oh, really? you can select the guns, and you can like you have to like what? defend the entrance to a oh, okay to like a base. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it was, I think it was literally called Zombie Gunship. Wow. Correct if I'm wrong. They're up all night thinking about that one, but. It looks exactly the same as that sequence. Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, it's it's nice to see the inside of the gunship. That's pretty cool. That was a nice touch. I give yeah. them that. Um, uh, and that was one of the, the the bits that was like, oh, that's that's pretty well done. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Like they they even managed to line up the CGI Apache that flies in, going from like external normal camera like camera to angles to gunship to inside yeah, the gunship nice. yeah, thermal camera. I like um, seeing the uh, the Huey come in to take them away. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. The PMC, PMC Huey. slash Afghan security forces Huey. Yeah, yeah. I guess I love... the Spanish army must still use. <laughs> yeah, mate. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Just one knocking um, around Alicante. Yeah, use that. <laughs> uh, Ahmed has um, a, a TT Tokarev towards he the end of the film. The end. Yeah, that was nice to um, see. Uh, which he pulls out and puts a few rounds through. I think if if I'd been him, I would have saved three of those, knowing that <laughs> well, the the for everyone else, yeah, yeah, knowing what the, what was going to happen to them when they get yes, put, um, <laughs> if the gunship hadn't turned up, yeah, 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 that's my issue with that sequence, right? Where I'm like, you're on foot, my guys. <laughs> like, what are you what are you gonna do? Like, where's your end game? Like you, like Jake doesn't have enough ammunition on him. Their mate no. doesn't, and he doesn't. Unless they held okay, him over it, yeah. that. Okay. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. The no, ending no. for me, I was a little bit like, I know something's going to turn up and help them. I know that. It's a movie, right? I knew they were going to be safe. But in my mind, I'm like, Jake, you are an ex-Marine, Special Forces, whatever guy. We don't, we you, don't know what he was. He's so exactly. Calm. He's yeah. just so calm, or whatever he was. Like, you know, my dude. Special you Operations would... Command. I've, re- I've realised we've said that numerous times now. We yeah, haven't explained exactly. what that is. Yeah. But you would have just been 10 times better off hiding rather than trying to run through this bridge on your own, like with small arms, and you've got like a whole division of Taliban following you. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. I know. It, I it, know. it falls apart. It's, it's this horrible thing about this movie. Surface level, you could probably buy a lot of it, but you once you start breaking it down, and we will start breaking it down off the alley tally section, but it falls apart as a narrative. Oh, we're still on the alley tally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just a tangent there. One last thing a weird F5 target appears. Oh, yeah, you be- were saying this, Bass, on, on the on beginning Twitter. of the film. Yeah. Like, it takes off at Bagram Air Base or something, and there's a weird. It's not been in US service for quite a while. It, right. I don't think anyone operated F5 Tigers in Afghanistan. Is it, is it just... Um, it's just, just, oh, like there's a fire jet footage Or something yeah. that they found. Possibly. I don't know what they've done. Oh, there's um, also, um, if, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, when they go to the Bagram Air Base at the very start, when they cut away mm. from the mission that the guy gets blown up by the IED, um, when they cut back to the air base, when Jake is having like, the briefing <laughs> by his commander, there's some mm. extras marching, quote-unquote, mm. in the edge of shot. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. And they're all out of step, and they're all they're all doing their own thing. And I'm like, if it's me on set or the military advisor, I'm like, you can just have them walking through. They don't need yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you march on a flight line anyway. <laughs> it just looked weird. 
Why would you they march on a flight line? Unless you're like embarking on a transport aircraft, why yeah. are you marching just it parallel just to everything odd. that's going on? But just because anyway. how disjointed the extras were, it just caught my eye, and I couldn't, mm. I couldn't help at, it. At that it point, made the, we, I could, I could, um, I could rivet count on stuff, but I'm not going to because at no. that point, I kind of like. And just turned off to, to all I the switched. nuanced yeah. bits that I'm like, that doesn't really make any sense. Um, I don't, these, I don't want really to expend the mental movies, power that I need to like yeah. catalogue. That doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense. Why are they walking there? Matt had a running commentary of me <laughs> texting him all this when I, for on our WhatsApp group <laughs> when I was watching it. <laughs> so he's had yeah. it twice. I have. Oh Christ! Maybe we should uh, favorite scenes. Or are you done? Let's let's move on to favorite scenes. Hello, Robbie here. Did you know you can support the podcast on Patreon? Join the supporting cast today and gain access to exclusive perks such as discount codes, our monthly Patreon film votes, and the chance to get exclusive merchandise before anyone else. Search "Fighting on Film" on Patreon or find the link on our website. Thank you. Now back to the show. So I think the first thing we should do is we should break down that first firefight a little bit. Um, okay. Also, why were they on like why were they doing a roadblock, like yeah. like vehicle check? They're they're special forces. They're special forces. Why are they doing that? That's like <laughs> See, is, Afghan National Army, Afghan National Police, and U.S. Yeah. standard it's infantry. It's my whole thing about them being work. vague as fuck, right? And it doesn't help how vague they are because. The, the, oh, roadblock right okay then then they're finding an IED factory when you just call a gunship in a bloke to shoot fuck out of it really or, or call air support and get them to deal with it because there's only like what six of you or something you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's a bit yeah so yeah, this you, is would, where they... you would literally you would you would set up an OP and you would watch that base and yes. find out whether they are actually moving yeah, stuff and and already there. told you you, you wouldn't that... just walk into it yeah, Ahmed's already told you that you, you you know you're in a bad spot anyway, and but then the whole thing the whole thing of the relationship between the two characters not ringing true. Where mm. why would you? Yes, if you're Kingley, you've been in, you've done tours of Afghanistan before. Yes, you know X Y Z about the area. You've you've been there. You've seen it. You've done it military wise. But you're still going to trust your interpreter who lives there and lives yeah. with these people and knows these people probably better than you do culturally, you know, neighbourly, everything like that. You're still mm. going to listen to him. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the totally. whole thing that it falls down where I never feel like they actually have a relationship that is worth saving. No, no. And <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, the, the interpersonal scenes between them are Don't weak. Ring true. The, there's, there isn't a scene before, you know, they all become all brotherly. No, where there isn't anything there's like anything that. between them genuine. It's either yeah. Jake John Hall being like, Ahmed, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that? Exactly. And yeah. then finding out why he's doing that and, and then going, don't ever do that again, but well done. Yeah. And then walking yeah. away. It's this quippy um, bullshit they have between each other that some Richie films do in lieu of actual characterization, where just because characters are quippy to each other, it means they must like each other. But these guys are meant to have this strong as af bond so that yeah. a man who's clearly clearly dealing with some severe ptsd feels like it's a good idea to go back to afghanistan on his own and rescue a man on his own mm -hmm. 
Like the, the the friendship isn't strong enough. But anyway, this isn't favorite scenes, but it kind of is. Matt, anyway, that actually... firefight. The that firefight. firefight. So yes. they 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 get some intel and they they act on it. And the first piece of th- th- that intel turns out to be a clear ambush. So they they decide not to do that. So what yes. do they do? They then they then action the second piece of intel that was you know initially going to lead them into an ambush, and then they're surprised when it do- it doesn't go as well as you know. It, it should have done. Yeah. Um, they arrive at what is literally, I, I was fucking amazed. It's a quarry. It's the quarry, quarry truck, Rob. They quarry. filmed it in a quarry. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is Alicante, great. Alicante I, quarry or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I know we've mentioned it numerous times on the show that when a film needs to do a little set piece where no one's about and blow up some explosions and stuff, quarries are great. Quarry. You know, a quarry. Um, like Doctor Who in the and 60s, Quarry. Doctor Who in the 60s, Red Beret. Um, Sweeney, Quarry. Yeah. <laughs> half half of like British 50s war movies. <laughs> yeah. Of, professionals have a fight, it'd be in a quarry. Quarry. You know. Every time. <laughs> quarry. Um, and the, the thing about it is, it's all so formulaic and set up to just kill off everyone in it, except yeah. for John Hall and <laughs> yeah. Alec. It's so fucking clear that that's what they're going to do. A mile off. The minute one guy goes down, they're like dominoes, aren't they? Oh, it's so, yeah, it's so weirdly choreographed. So they get in there, they go into the actual building. Yeah. Jake John John looks round a door, literally just pokes his head around a door and sees them making an IED vest, like a suicide vest. And some guys are like filming a video. Um, and there's AKs everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. like an AK he, he tends to Ahmed yeah. and goes, We're not gonna need you for this bit. And then they they you know they, they go in shooting and shoot all these people. Well Ahmed and doesn't have like, a weapon anyway, because he's no, I know Jake took he's it off. Him. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. And and then there's a little war crime and then everyone starts dying. And the war crime bit gets blown over pretty quick because really quick. It yeah. turns out to be the dude that they spot at the um the roadblock that they were doing earlier, who yeah. they allowed yeah. one dude to go off on his own to look at a vehicle and it blew up. Yeah. Shocker. Can't, but can't I, believe but it. But I was confused at that point because I was like, well, how, how I thought the bit at the start would have been like months back, you know? Yeah. It feel, this all feels yeah. like it took place in a week, you know? Yes. Like that's a hard week. <laughs> fun. Chronology, chronology of the film is, is a little bit unclear. Yeah. Um, my 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 favorite bit of that firefight is where the guy, and I love it when they do it in movies because I'm like, yeah, maybe you would freeze up, but it's it's comical in in how it's done, where people shout RPG just before they're about to get blown up. Oh yeah, and they don't yeah, try the and move Humber, out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, RPG, bang! <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand about that bit of the film is is the. The, you know the the Taliban bring up um, a little sixty millimeter mortar. They bring up the mortar. They bring up the RPG. They bring up the technicals. They they are absolutely hammering. They Jake's are, but they bring up this Jake's mortar and they squad. set it up within like a hundred yards of of the Humvee and all the positions they're mortaring. Um, and it just it's weird. Like, why wouldn't you just have more RPG? It's shots? just the it's just in I terms of fil- in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. No, in terms of filmmaking, what I'm thinking is like, why wouldn't you just have like a, a couple of dudes with like an RPG on the crest firing Not off, popping up? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get and, it. 
Yeah. And that, that could do all the same damage. My only thought to that is maybe someone, one of the advisors on the movie, another two of them, I think, was Kakawa yeah. Mahaley, I think. Um, I think maybe something they might have heard of or something they know. Like if someone somewhere said... Just wanted to get a mortar in. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps so. um, yeah. Just a bit unusual. Because uh, it was almost like that one that's in um, The Red Beret. Where oh, yeah. Leo Gen, Leo Gen takes him out with a grenade because <laughs> yeah. um, he's literally set up like eight feet from him. I mean, it's cool to see a little knee mortar. You don't really see him these days. It's cool to see him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. That was the least that, of my that, concerns was the mortar, but no, I get it. But as I was saying, the, that scene where they put the wounded Taliban guy that was at the roadblock out is is a little bit rushed. There's, yeah. there's no, there's obviously not going to be repercussions to that in that scene. No. Um, but there's not there even like a shock. Yeah. There's not even like a, well, not even shocked, but there's not even like a look of recognition between Gyllenhaal and the guy that did it. Mm. They could have cut to Ahmed being shocked, be like, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, well, he just seems chill. That's like his character. Like he just lets stuff he all is show chill. Him. Yeah. He's just chill true. about it all. Um, he tosses him an AK and he's like, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe this leads into and your actual your favorite your favorite scene quote unquote uh, mm. leads into my favorite scene which is well, that's good yeah which is actually and I thought it I like it then I don't so it makes sense okay so after that scene everyone's dead they have to escape because the main route of in and out is blocked by you know hundreds of Taliban fighters yeah but the QRF's coming Rob QRF's coming force is coming why don't you just like it's coming wait for that. They're like the dragons in Game of Thrones. They're coming. Don't know when, mm. but they're coming. Mm, you know, wait till season fair. three and they'll they'll be here. Um, so but then they, they have to escape. And I like that part when they're going through the rough terrain. Mm, um and they're they're coming down mountains and stuff. The shots are a bit more moody, you get some lovely little drone action shots. It's mm. nice. And Jake's saying to Ahmed, sorry, uh, Kinley's saying to Ahmed, look, two minutes. They're going to be on us. We're going to have to double time it. QRF's coming, but we have to get over this bad terrain. Are you with me? And he's like, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, cool. They're going to develop this bond, getting back together. Yeah. Right? So I was like, this this is going to be the main crux of the film now. Or the main mm. middle part of the film is going to be them helping each other through this arduous journey to then set up the bond mm. of brothers and yes. like brotherhood and through war and hard times. Oh yes. no, Jake gets captured two minutes later. Yeah, because Ahmed wasn't there. Because Ahmed wasn't there. And then Ahmed gets he? him back. I, I, what, well, what, it, where, it, yeah. Did I miss something? But where was he? I think I, I don't did think miss so. Him. I think he might have been hiding. I don't know. He's just, just turned up. But that was my yeah. whole thing. It missed its cue. I There's thought that was nice, its cue. The, the way that bit's choreographed is there's some nice <laughs> bits that go into gullies, the clearing gullies. There's bit where they yeah. like tag team a, a guy and like yeah 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 let his throat that's you know, wholesome you see, tag you team in a, a, of, a taliban sentry that's nice yeah, right you see a bit of brutality you know jake knifes a guy to death and, it, and it, he looks like he it's the last thing he wants to do mm -hmm. but he does it and then you know he's complaining at ahmed like where's your gun and he's like oh i left it up there when, when we fell down he's like you need to have another one and he gives him his pistol yeah and there's all these little instances where oh you're gonna build like build a relationship come on and then they don't and then Ahmed gets him back through Afghanistan on his own 
and you see yeah. the hardships he had to go through. So Ahmed's gone through the actual, gone through the mill. And then you, we forget about him for the rest of the movie. He's literally a plot device after that. And it really, really irritated me. Yeah, Ahmed literally drags high Jake Gyllenhaal across yeah. most of Afghanistan in you know, the middle like, of the film. Risks risks his own life, risks you know, Jake, you know, sells things of his own, you know, goes without food, makes sure he's got everything he needs. Takes really, risks of talking to people and revealing that he's with an American. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, that whole bit is really interesting, yet it's montaged, which really oh, another wholesome bit as well. where they bond is where they're both smoking the opium. Oh that's yeah, that's quite good, yeah. You know, they've actually got stuff going so, on, but it's not Jake's enough. He's been shot twice. He's groggy, he's on a sled. Ahmed, Ahmed, sorry, Ahmed. Uh, Ahmed literally builds a giant sled and yeah, to drag really him like across he's country. Going, he's been through the mill, this lad. Mm. You know, but yet after that, all his exposition is spoken by other people on his behalf. He becomes yeah, I a think MacGuffin. I, physically, within that section, Dar Salim's great. Oh yeah, I believe he can do it. I believe and it, everything it, about pay, him, his expressions, the way he does it, the way he yeah. moves. It pays off well, and then but after I, that, I do, it doesn't I do seem agree like the same person. Yeah, like they felt like there were scenes missing for, for an, a film that is. Well, new... do, you, do you know what I think that is the issue there? Because we cut away to about fifteen minutes of frustrated Jake trying mm. to get through to the Department of Defense, the Department, of, the State Department, yeah. to get that visa, and it is fifteen minutes of him being back at his automotive workshop that yeah. apparently he owns. Um, yeah, with his but he's wife. not out. Of, but he is arisen out of the army. Yeah, they don't, I, I don't, they don't establish maybe that. Maybe he's either. on leave. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so he's phoning people, drunk, shouting at them and stuff. I'll find you. Don't yeah. put me on hold again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I understand what they're going for in that. Yeah. And this course. is another thing. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is another thing that the film reaches for but doesn't quite get. Exactly. Because at the moment, there are a lot of former US and other con- other ISAF nation service pick, pick a nation, who, you know, who are working really hard, tirelessly to get people that they serve with, the Afghan interpreters and and people from the Afghan National Army, visas to get out of of Afghanistan. And yeah. I feel like they're they're trying to show that frustration. But you know, there's there's been New York Times articles, Washington yeah. Post Post articles about you know the BFBS the put stuff on YouTube about yeah, it. Veterans you know. trying to get people out of Afghanistan mm. because you know they were promised a visa and they didn't get it. That kind of thing. Yeah, and I, it, the film reaches for it, but I don't think it hits. It doesn't it grasp it. It doesn't have the balls to set it after the um the the major withdrawal the actual in twenty one. Yeah. yeah. Because it's yeah. set in like 2018, 19, isn't it? Yeah. And then, as far well, as I know. Well, yeah, it feels like it. And then I'm like, well... Well, it says 2018 at the beginning of the film. Yeah. But then I think it just wants to, it wants the plot to be muddled near the end a bit, I think. It it wants well, to it be. Well, it does. And it does mention it, it in, a, in, like a, a, in a postscript. Oh, okay. Um, it does mention the withdrawal there. But yeah. you, you could have crafted a it. film that actually deals with the evacuation and the repercussions of America's mm. withdrawal from Afghanistan. 100%. And that's the backdrop of this, but they don't do that. And it's no, it kind of lacks for it. It does. That, that's why I likened, I said at the start, I wanted it to be more Argo than Rambo. Because Argo, mm. even though Argo messes its actual facts and it makes it movieitizes things for convenience for, for film, yeah. that shows how you get people out of a really bad and difficult situation 
Yeah, yeah. Without with through, through bureaucracy and through, you know, and showing the hardship of it, this one thinks, well, no, you can just hammer at a door till it breaks because we're in the army and we're special forces and we've got guns and yeah. I'm Jake Gyllenhaal going through the mill and this man, I owe this man, it's a debt. It becomes like a transactional thing. Like, mm. it, it, I know we're, we're kind of in final thoughts. I think it's going to take up a, a, a big part of the show anyway this week, but... It's going to be fluid. It's going to, be, it's going to flow in. But he, they, they boil down he, he, someone who clearly is, is struggling with what happened to him mm. in his brain. You know, PTSD. He doesn't even remember everything that doesn't Hammond remember did. it all. You know, he, Until he starts an, having some flashbacks. Yeah, he's annoyed that the US media are portraying him as some kind of superhuman soldier who did it all on his own. So that he's annoyed at that. But then it becomes this whole thing of, oh, well, it, you know, it's a debt. I pay my debts. This man got me back. It, it becomes really transactional. Like the movie almost treats it as if, so if Jake Gyllenhaal goes back and gets his interpreter out of Afghanistan, then his then his post-traumatic stress will be cured because that's the end of the transaction. It mm. almost feels like it wants to say that's how it works. And I felt that was really cheap. Interesting. And almost a little bit, yeah, it felt cheap and cold to boil down what you're actually doing and what are the hardships that so many Afghan, not even just interpreters, just anyone who worked for uh, the, the coalition or ISAF went through and still is going through under the Taliban's new regime to boil yeah. it down to, don't worry, Jake Gyllenhaal will come back and save you, like a kind of white saviour thing. There's uh, an element uh, of that. I was like, well, please don't, well, you know. Just to make the point that I was going to make, but then we tangented. Sorry. Um, which we always do. Um, is tangented a word? Yeah. We, li- we let is. off. People don't listen to Fartin on Film for the coherency. They listen to it for the amazing war movie takes. True. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so the point I was going to make um, was that we, we, we follow Jake's struggle to get through on the phone to get a visa. And during that, that entire time, we don't really see what Ahmed and his family no. are doing and it- going through. I was just about to get onto that, but yeah, exactly. We see a little tiny bit, but it doesn't. Yeah. They could have they could have paced it better by interspersing this and ramping up the stakes. Like he's yeah. he's shown moving from one safe house, great, but they could have had numerous little sequences of where that's mm-hmm. happening, and you know they're getting yeah. closer, and it ramps the tension and it carries the film a little bit more. And they, they forget, didn't do that. They forget how it it's clearly been months as well because the wife was pregnant. Now the the mm. sons a few months to a year yeah, old like three months old or something so I'm like, say. it's yeah. been maybe four or five months then in real time so yeah. i'm like we needed way more and i agree with you i wanted to see like a running narrative of jake's trying to tell people on the phone how hard it is for ahmed and his family to survive at the moment because he's on this hit list and yeah. because he's you know he want numero uno bad guy to the taliban now uh, because of what he's done like as a folk hero type thing i want to see the problems ahmed's going through i want to see the issues he's facing make him more of a character he has no agency in this movie even though he's the the reason jake's able to do what he's doing the thing is i know that afghanistan was in a mess before the the withdrawal Mm. but they make it out like there's no possible way for for him to have managed to be Get smuggled out. to yeah. Bagram or yeah. Kabul or somewhere yeah. where he yeah. could have gotten out. Um, but surely he knows he, people. He has that, to be underground yeah. in an area that is completely saturated by Taliban. It makes which, more sense if it's post-withdrawal. That's the problem. It does. I, don't, I don't have an issue with it being the way that it goes. 
mm. if it was post-withdrawal, because I think the movie wants you to forget how bungled that withdrawal was, and for good measure, because we did. You know, let's not well, that gets clouded by the fact that the, that Parker, the PMC, the, the, the contractor dude, is still in country. Yeah, exactly. Um, and another thing that annoyed me was, you know, um, Gyllenhaal knows what Afghanistan is like. He's served there for mm. years, done multiple tours. But for some reason, he, he thinks that wearing Western clothes or just <laughs> putting a headscarf on yeah. is enough for him to just yeah. walk through yeah. towns looks, and villages. He looks like a, a, like a tour guide. <laughs> he just looks really out of place and then him and then him meeting back up with Ahmed you don't even get like a big moment of them going oh, like, oh my god you're here they're just he's just like really cool about it like too yeah. cool for school and I'm like no if if my mate had left me in a country in a war-torn country and I could be killed at any moment because of what I did for my friend and my friend came back to help me you better believe I'm giving him a big hug and being like, mm. thank you for coming. I mean, granted, you can't do that on the street. I know, but, he, but they'd never have that moment anyway. Yeah, you could have. There was a way you could have done that for sure. I don't even think he. I don't even think he says thank you. Or I don't even think they have a moment like that, do they? There's a scene. There's a, there's the scene on the transport aircraft that they get onto, and he hands him the visa. Oh which yeah, they bungle that anyway because <laughs> there's a passport in there with it, and you don't need a visa if you're giving him a US passport. So there doesn't need to be a US passport in there. It's the visa. I know what you mean, though. Like the, the movie fumbles its message a lot, and I think it it, it just gets it annoys me. I I don't know why you wrap up this human story in an action in it like a guy Richie Richie actioner. It just doesn't work for mm. me. My favourite scene of the film, actually, is when um, Ahmed drives up to those hunters that have been in the field for a while. And there's some really nice shots of Afghan hounds, and they're really cute dogs. And that was my favourite scene um, of the film. Yeah, fair enough. We like a doggo on the show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I um, wanted, if you'd have set the movie at the start, where Hall's with Ahmed, you don't even have, you don't have to have the bit where you introduce him, just have them together at the start. Mm-hmm. And have them through dialogue be like, you know, set them up that this is kind of Ahmed's new to the new to the group. Yeah. And then have yeah. that set piece right at the start and have their bond grow, like we said, through that hardship. Mm-hmm. Then have them separated. Then have a bit of Jake trying to get him through bureaucracy, then deciding that he can't do anything other than go. Maybe yeah. there's something in there, but I still don't know. I don't know if you can save it. There, there is an element of Hollywood seems to be somewhat uh, enamored with this concept of um, the Afghan withdrawal at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's another thing the film gets annoyingly um, kind of tropey with is the exposition scenes, but the bit with where they have like a bit of barbecue and a beer, there's yeah. some clunky exposition there where they try and make the team feel like characters that we know and it almost sort of starts to work and then they yeah kill yeah and then they kill them off again it's so weird i just don't get it like it just doesn't work for me like it i found it a little bit insulting that it would it would try and make the audience not remember how things went down 
yeah. in 21 because it was so well publicized the fallout was incredible like mm. you know the way that it went down and we still know that we've wronged these people because if we hadn't have wronged these people they wouldn't be making these movies to try and almost no, whitewash no, it yeah i mm. kind of think that you know look at how vietnam was treated after we've got all these movies that are trying to deal with why and how we did it mm. you know rather than i think it's too soon I think it's way think it's, too soon to be making these movies. Too soon yeah, to be making personally. movies like this about this sort of thing. I don't mm. think. But then they were making. We've had time to gestate. Oh, That's yeah, true. I, so, you know. give it another year or two at least. That's like, Perhaps. yeah, you know, I'm waiting it just for doesn't someone, feel. It feels like it needs to be a limited series set in an embassy or set in a place where the bureaucracy and the actual nitty gritty of getting someone out of a country is explored yeah. through that that medium rather than shooting your way out. People won't watch it, I'll tell you now. They might not watch it, but it would be much more interesting and human. Well, it would. It would be much more human. I agree. I agree. I think, I think one... with this film, it goes from Lone Survivor to the one that got away to Extraction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it does. It takes it parts does. of those films... You know, the bit where they're sliding down the mountain trying to escape from the chasing Taliban to, like, uh, Ahmed dragging Jake Gyllenhaal across the desert is, like, um, Andy McNabb. Um, the You know, the one that got away, and which we covered back in the you, day. And then Extraction, which is, he goes in and tries to get them out. And that, that is exactly the kind of points it's hitting. And it, it, it could work, but it doesn't work. Mm. No, it doesn't. And you don't have the, even then, you even don't have the money to make the set pieces look fantastic. You know, you, no. you, so you don't really have the money. I will say, hands. though, that for 55 million, they do a decent enough job. Like, that's well, low budget. Or it could look a whole lot worse. Um, there's, there's parts of that where the bit on the on the dam at the end, I thought, oh, this is actually, this isn't bad. There were some bits that were stupid, like the Taliban were very close to them. Um, yeah, and just like yeah. milling around. I want um, to see how I want to see how the ungentlemanly warfare film goes now, because yeah. I hope this is Guy Ritchie doing a studio a favor, so he can get mm. a movie made that he wants to make. I.e., gentlemanly warfare seems more like you can get more Ritchieisms in there, because I really like the yeah. gentleman. I really like Lockstock. I love Snatch. They mm -hmm. are they are great films. Um, so I and I just don't think this movie suits Ritchie. Yeah, it's not one I would have pegged him for. I'll be honest. No, it really doesn't seem like something. It, it seems he'd a little go bit for. like stunt stunt casting for a director. Mm. We need a name to attach to this project. Oh, Guy Ritchie's on our books. Perhaps I don't. It smacks a tiny bit of that for me. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we're being a bit too cynical there, but maybe yeah. we are. But it felt like I, it's it a little just bit. to sum up my thoughts on it. As I said, it's. Lone Survivor, one that got away, extraction, melded yes. into one. Yes. Um, and it could have been done better. It just could have. It. It just feels like one of those films where you 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 watch it and you think, I see what it's trying to do, but it's not quite getting there. And at the same time, the some of those set pieces were quite flat. Yeah. And I, I just don't think the script gave the actors the room to to make that relationship and no, that no, was definitely a detriment 100 percent. the film the film needs way more room to breathe 
with its characters you actually need its you actually need the two leads to feel like they are actually care about each other other than and it's it just my whole there, issue there were some nicely composed shots though i, I forgot to mention yeah, like yeah i liked that bit where when ahmed and kinley meet mm-hmm. i've been calling him jake the whole way through but just no know. i know what you mean though yeah um meet for the first time and jake is sat in the in the humvee and he's in the mirror he's framed within the mirror the wing mirror of the the humvee and ahmed is stood um just to the side of it and he's telling him how i was a mechanic um john hall asks him what's that and he goes that's an engine and he, he's like are you sassing me uh and he's like no sir i'd never do that and that was that was good i thought okay yeah, that's a weird develop, way of approaching from there though that, that's it's a weird problem. way of approaching this yeah you know like that's a weird way to introduce characters because yeah that can't be the best way of it's that, meeting an it's interpreter that, that you're gonna have to of, trust with your life it's that richism of like the quipping and the funny dialogue but the mm. funny dialogue and the quipping doesn't fit this very no it does serious not fit this. situation yeah I agree. You know, and that and that, and I'm that's why I'm very interested to see how the second world war project goes um because i it, don't think it's going to be anywhere near as serious i don't think it, no and it might be all the better for it i think we're going to we'll be see. in territory of blood and gold zisu i think it's going to be that kind of movie i hope so because richie can do that um mm. oh, oh, hyper stylized stuff like the, the sherlock holmes movies yeah yeah totally he can do much that. better um yeah mm. much better this, this just felt too by the really numbers fit with him doesn't work for me um, as you said, the relation, the core relationship that needs to be right for the, for the film to be, the film to work doesn't work. You know, you've got actors, you've got the guy, uh, what's his name? Sorry, let me, I want to get his name right. Um, you got Dar, you know, Dar Salim, good actor, way mm. better than this movie allowed him to be at any moment, any point. Um, yeah. Apart from the montage bit, he has relatively nothing to do. Um, and I just the flashbacks think it's a, it's a shame. too. Like you yeah. know, the flashbacks of showing him dragging him and stuff. Yeah, they're great. That, they're really well done. It it does again reiterate that section of the film, which we've already watched. If they'd shown other new like another perspective, other the thing is they reuse a lot of the same shot angles. Mm-hmm. So it's just you're watching the same yeah. thing again. Could have had some nice shots of like you know, people looking at him what he's doing. It could have had could have had him fighting off wolves, Anything. Have had him, Anything. you know, bartering for food yeah, he yeah, could have yeah. had him like trying to lower him down more a cliff and it's just it's jake's it be... it's jake's point of view looking yeah. like down a slope yeah. he's being lowered down and that kind of that, yeah. those kind of cool little shots could have lifted that montage of flashbacks yeah but just Sorry, more that, of the movie no it's fine but more of the movie needs to be that again, but, whole yeah. bit no but yeah uh, uh, trying to wrap to wrap up it, it, it's a bit of a miss yeah. I think unless you're a completionist and you must watch every war movie that's ever released, go for it. But I personally, I wouldn't recommend this one really because I think it, it's a it, yeah. it's a good idea. It's just executed quite badly. I'll me. be interested to see in 30 years, you know, how we all talk about Vietnam War movies in that glut of yeah. Vietnam War movies that were made in the, the 80s and we talk about, talk watched, about the, yeah. the way that they were approached and, and what they mean for the war movie genre and what they mean for you know the popular consciousness of the around that war how will films like this one sit in 20 30 years yeah and equally we must admit we're a british audience true and our and our experience of afghanistan over here as civilians watching it from the news and being Mm. historians and researching it it's completely different to an american 
and how, how it's fed yeah. back to them and how they receive it. So that's interesting as well. It's that we, I should say, again, it's interesting. End. It's a British director doing an American film. Yeah, as well. About, yeah, exactly. About an American so, experience. So, yeah, 100%. So that was The Covenant uh, 2023 on Amazon Prime now, if you want to go away and watch it. Um, thanks again for listening as always you can catch the back catalogue of the uh, podcast on fightingonfilm.com don't forget to give us a review on Apple Pods if you listen there and why not give us a follow as well and why not come back next week for another War Movie Review thanks for listening everyone bye bye everyone Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.